Well, we're uh, back in Galatians and almost finished with it. If you want <clears throat> to turn in your Bible, or I think we'll have that on the screen here in a moment. <clears throat> we're in the sixth chapter, which is the last. So we're getting close to the end of Galatians. And I'm going to read to you from verse 6 through verse 10. And I'm reading out of the New International Version, and in case yours is a little different. 6, Galatians 6, starting with verse 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Okay, so Galatians thus far, Paul has talked about his own early activities, the purpose of the law, freedom from the law, and experiences of Abraham, sin without fall, how to <clears throat> how to see someone who is in sin and rescue them without falling into the same temptation yourself, and everyone's favorite subject, financially supporting the ministry. Here, amen for that. Amen. All right, <laughs> very difficult topic. And finally, doing good works. Okay, verse six. Paul's talking about money because he's talking about all things. And supporting, he says, <clears throat> those who instruct, those who teach. And he uses a concept of sowing and reaping to describe the basis for our giving. So sowing and reaping is a very, very important scriptural term. And if you would turn to or look at Genesis 8, we got that, Genesis 8, 22. All right, this is something the Lord spoke after the flood to Noah. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Another translation will say sowing and reaping instead of just seed time and harvest. All right, think about that for a minute. Sowing and reaping was, is, and it evermore shall be as long as there is planet earth. Okay? Sowing and reaping <coughs> is a very important thing. Okay? It's something God created around which the world revolves. What you sow, you will also reap. And so things I'm going to talk about today are good spiritually. They're good <coughs> when you operate or rule over your finances, over who you spend time with, what kind of time you spend, good deeds you do. All of those things can be classified as a seed that I sow. Okay? Now... It's here to stay. It works whether we know it or not, like it or not, or want it to or not, or believe it or not, all right? Just think about that. Sowing and reaping, and you are operating in it right now, whether you know it or not, with the way you apply it in your life. Everything you do <clears throat> in sowing and reaping, you will either know it or not, like it or not, want it to or not, or believe it or not. All those things are applicable to our sowing and reaping. It's a good thing, and we shouldn't fear sowing and reaping. 
Sometimes we just look at the bad side. Oh, you reap what you sow. You did bad stuff. Bad things going to happen to you. Okay, don't look at sowing and reaping right there. If you don't like what you're reaping, then you can change what you're sowing. All right? So it's a good thing, and we shouldn't fear it, even though maybe some aspects of it could be looked upon as negative, but something positive that we can harness by way of the Holy Spirit. Any seed that there is out there has an inner life. Think about a little teeny seed. How many of you have ever planted a garden? Probably most of us, okay? You put seeds in the ground. You covered them up. You put water on them or fertilizer. And then you waited and waited and waited. And finally, it began to sprout little by little. And maybe in an amazing way, you thought, wow, that's really neat the way God's created that. And then it grows up and it bears fruit after its kind. If you remember from Genesis, it talks about God created the plants and all this stuff, and they would reproduce, and the animals as well, after their kind, okay? If you want apples, what should you plant? Oranges, right? No, okay? All right, when you have a, (laughs) when you have a pet, and pets reproduce, what do they reproduce? After their kind, all right? Everything is built around the somehow that chemical equation that God put inside that seed to reproduce after its kind. So if you want something, then you need to plant something that produces that. That sounds so simple that it's hard sometimes. Okay, any seed has, it has an inner life. It knows nothing, sees nothing, but when given the opportunity, it arises and reproduces more of itself. Okay? And a grass seed may reproduce just a little blade of grass, while a different kind of seed may produce a giant redwood. But it all comes from a seed. Now, the, evidently, the chemical composition, composition of the seeds are different, but the principle on which they operate is all the same. Okay, It works in everything you do in life. What you sow, you're going to reap. And the scary part is... If you're reaping something now, it is what you've been sowing, all right? The first time I heard that, I thought, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I asked for this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So anyway, seeds produce after their kind. And uh, the harvest will always be greater than the planting because it's God that gives the increase, all right? Think about that. Whatever you, <clears throat> whatever you see, excuse me, whatever you sow, that shall you also reap, and it takes time, all right? During that time, you can expect it to reap. You can expect it to produce a harvest. It isn't our problem to understand all there is about sowing and reaping. Our responsibility is to sow. God's is to multiply, all right? You sow, he will increase. That's the way scripture describes it. We can't, it's another one of those, we can't do God's part and he won't do yours. Okay? Think about that. God cannot do my part because I'm the one he has told, plant, scatter seed, do things, and he will bless it. Okay? Now, if you'd look at uh, John 12, 24. 
You can either look it up or here it is, Jesus speaking. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a grain of wheat fall into the earth and die, it abides alone by itself. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Okay, in this particular case, the seed he's talking about is himself. If I am not planted, so to speak, I would abide by myself. Think about that. That's kind of a silly thought. If Jesus had not, you know, was he going to die of old age? Was he going to die because of sin? No. We don't know how long he would have lived if he, if he had not voluntarily allowed himself as a seed to be planted. All right? But if a seed is planted, it will produce by itself. Okay? Jesus, and also I don't think I gave you guys this uh, scripture back there. 1 Peter one twenty three talks about that we have been born of incorruptible seed. We have been born of incorruptible seed by which the word of God lives and abides in us forever. Jesus is the seed that's been planted on the inside of me, the incorruptible seed. Somebody called that the eternal kernel. Okay, he, is, he is the eternal kernel within us. He's been planted. God the Father planted him in you and me, if we know Christ. And because of who he is, he will reproduce in you after his kind. All right? You're destined to be transformed into the image of the seed of Christ. Okay? So, Jesus' life in us cannot be destroyed. It can't decay away with time or pressure. And nothing can sidetrack it from reproducing after itself except our free will. If we don't want to allow it to reproduce, then... It'll probably never, it'll never show up much. We can have Jesus in our hearts and still refer, excuse me, refuse to walk in his ways. But think about this. God has planted him. He didn't abide alone. Now there are many sons and daughters of, of the Father because he planted himself. All right? Make sense? Many of Jesus' parables concerns sowing and reaping think of all of them a seed a mustard seed the parable of the sower man went out into his field to sow some fell by the wayside some rose up but they were the root system ran into uh, stony ground he has a lot to say about sowing and reaping because everything god does seems to center around sowing and reaping okay uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes 11, if you've got it there. Solomon says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you shall find it after many days. Next, next verse. Give a portion to seven, yea, even unto eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Your three guesses what translation that is. Give a portion to seven, yea, even unto eight, for thou knowest means you know. <laughs> you get away from the King James and you get back to it all of a sudden you go, wow, that's really strange. <laughs> well, you know, like somebody says, you heard of the King James only people. You know, they're the ones that believe if it was good enough for the apostles, it's good enough for us. <laughs> for thou knowest not which shall prosper, whether this or that or whether they both shall be alike. In other words, Solomon is saying, when you're planting, 
plant lots of seeds, plant some over there, plant good works here, plant encouragement here, plant money over here, plant prayer over here. You don't know that every one of those will reproduce back, but something will. Something will come back because that's the law of sowing and reaping. That's the principle. So that's what he's saying and encouraging people to do. Now, did we already have verse 6 on that? Okay, all right. Okay, so be generous many times in many places. Is God generous? Yes, he is. Does he give you more than you can handle? Yes. Can you, does he give you more than you can understand? Does he do more things for you than you can count? Yes. He has sown and sown and sown on the inside of us. Therefore, he's generous. If we want to be like him, we should be generous. Be a generous person. Allow God to give you a generous heart that you give and give and give. You give to those who need. You give to have access sometimes giving to the poor. Giving to those who need encouragement. Giving to those who need prayer. It'll take your time, but God blesses it back because he's the source. Amen? Okay, here's another scripture, Psalm 41.1. says, Blessed is he who has regard for the weak, for the Lord delivers him in time of trouble. That's sowing and reaping. Yeah. Am I, do I have a heart to help those that are in trouble? Yes, I do. Do you have a heart to encourage people who are down and depressed? Yes, you do. Because the seed, the eternal seed, is on the inside of you. And if you will work on that and if you will produce that, then when you're in need, somebody's going to come your way. Okay? How many of you have experienced that? It's a, it's a truth. It's a reality. Uh, this is a great testimony about sowing and reaping. If we help those who are lonely, those who are without, those who are poor, it'll be a good seed to plant that <clears throat> will sometimes be a miracle and God will send it back. Now, this works in not only your spiritual life, the business world. You know, because your spiritual principles that you learn from God's word are to be taken into, you know, the world out there. You know, in being a generous giver. Being one who sees God as the source of your business. All these things, they work. Now, I'm going to go to another scripture. Haggai, in verse 1. Now, the setting, the setting of Haggai is the people of Israel had just returned from captivity, the Babylonian captivity. And they were under command from the Lord to rebuild the temple. Well, they started out, and then they kind of got distracted, and they were doing their own thing, and God had to send them a word to remind them what they were supposed to be doing. And this is what he says about it. He says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord Jehovah of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, listen to this, and you bring in a little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe, you clothe yourselves, but there is none warm, and he that earns wages earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Okay? Now there's a lot there. But while I said, when I said a while ago, 
what you are experiencing now in life is a result of what you have been sowing already. So if I don't like what I'm reaping, I need to check out what I'm sowing because that's how to change it. Okay, That's what these people were doing. God is talking to them about, you know, if we were to uh, put that in modern-day language, you might... We might say they were uh, experiencing uh, economic inflation. They were uh, consistently experiencing failures. Even though they might have been paid on the job, their lives were like they took the paycheck and put it in their pocket, and before they got to the bank, it was gone. You ever felt like that? <laughs> All right. What would, the, what would Haggai say to that? Consider your ways. Okay, that sounds kind of rough, but the principle is there. We need to look at what we're reaping to decide whether we're sowing or not. Now, what we're sowing can be discussed in amounts. How much are we sowing? Or it could be probably mostly important, analyzed into the arena of what is our attitude towards sowing? Okay. All right, so what are you reaping now? What, excuse me, what you're reaping now is the fruit of what you have been sowing. Therefore, it's a good thing to always look and check our ways. Why are we giving what we're giving? Are we doing it because we have to? All right. Are we doing it for just personal gain? We think God's a slot machine and we put money in and hope to get a whole bunch more out. Okay, hopefully not. Why is Paul telling these people in Galatians to give when he obviously is one of the receivers? Okay, because he's wanting people to learn the faithfulness of giving and sowing and reaping. The faithfulness of planting seeds in the lives of other people because it not only blesses them, but also it's like putting something in the bank account that God will see that you're paid back, right? And I'm not, not talking about money now. I'm talking about prayer, okay? Bless others with your prayers. Have kindness, have encouragement to say to other people. And when you know a person lonely, visit them. When you hear somebody that needs to hear some positive thinking, some positive words, Bless them that way. You'll be surprised the next time you're kind of in that direction. Somebody will have something good to say. I, I've seen that proven in my life many, many, many times, and I'm sure you have too. Because people need to develop generosity with a right spirit, a right attitude. Paul wrote to them so that they could learn the economics of the kingdom of God, how it works different from this self-centered world, all right? When we are in need, our minds usually say, I need to receive, I need to receive, I need to receive. Okay, that's true. But at the same time, the kingdom of God <laughs> says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will people pour into your bosom, into your heart, into your life. Okay, I think uh, final scripture here is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. If you can, would you look that up in your Bible? 2 Corinthians. Because I want to elaborate on a few things. 
Now the setting here, as throughout Corinthians, on several different occasions, there had been famines all over the place, famines in Jerusalem. And Paul has encouraged the Corinthians to give, uh, whether it was financial or whatever, to give to these other believers that were caught up in this famine and they needed to receive. Now we're going <clears> to <throat> read from verse, I'm going to read from verse, uh, let's see, is it 7 or 6, I guess. Um, okay, I'm going to make it uh, 7. To keep me from becoming con uh, conceited because of these surprising great revelations, there was given me... Uh, I'm in the wrong chapter. <laughs> well, well, do that too, whatever it was. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Nine verse, chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Same thing he said in Galatians. You sow a little... You'll only reap a little. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. How many of you would rather reap generously than sparingly? Okay. Okay, that's the, this is the secret formula. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, let's stop and expect that in analyze that a little bit uh okay he says to give generously all right so i don't like what i've been reaping here the last uh, little while i'm going to consider my ways i gotta look at my giving schedule what am i giving you know and again this applies not ju don't just think this is just financial deal it is that but it's beyond that it includes all the other things positive words encouragement prayers kindness, service, all the things that a generous heart would do, all right? So, <clears throat> and what he says is, each one will give what he is should give out of what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Now, I take that to mean don't give just because you have to. You need to come to a place in your life where you give because you want to. Yes. That's a big, big difference. I could tell you, I could stand up here and put all kinds of laws. You better do this, you better do this, you better do this. God's not going to be happy with you and on and on and on. And just be a legalistic bunch of stuff. And you'd leave here with a guilty conscience because there's no way you could have done all that. And uh, by next week, it'd be worse. But that's not what he's saying. He's not appealing to a law of giving. As a matter of fact, the law we're under is what Jesus said, all the law and prophets all of that wound up into two little sentences. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. And what's the next one? Your neighbor as yourself. So if you want to think about are we under law, yeah, the law of love. Okay? We are under a law of love. That has a way of completing all of the other laws, all the other prophetic words and so on in Scripture. Jesus summed up into that. Therefore... We are to give not as reluctantly or because we have to. Well, I've got to give because, you know, God's going to be mad if I don't. And 
Besides, the Bible says, you know, we've got to give 10%. So I'm going to figure that out, you know. You know, there, there's, there's times that I used to think that 10% of what I have is God's and 90% is mine. Anybody ever thought that? Okay, me on a secret. None of it's yours. <laughs> it's all God's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Scripture says. That means the cattle on a thousand hills. That means the oil under the ground, the gold under the oil. It's all God's. David, when offering a sacrifice, said one time, when we give, it's as though we're taking it out of your one hand and putting it in your other. It's all God's. It was here before we got here. Therefore, it's all God's. Okay? So, he is saying, don't give because you have to. Give because you want to. All right? From his heart. Not from my legalistic logic of thou, the thou shalt nots in Scripture. Okay, so, he uh, has a heart to give. Now, how do you get a heart to give? Okay? Especially if you need to receive. It doesn't make sense to give. Well, yeah, but that's what Scripture says. Okay, I am to develop a heart to give, a generous heart, a heart of love. Here's a good verse to start off with. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Gave. All right. I would submit to you the root of all giving and sacrifice is love. God loves you. He saw you in need. He saw us destined to destruction. So he went out of his way to give. And how did he do it? He became a man. Incarnation. He sent his son. And therefore, God gave. And it resulted in great fruit. The son said, if I'm not planted in the ground... There won't be many sons of God. But if the seed is planted, there will be many sons and daughters. Well, that's the way it happened. That's the way it was. Okay, so we know that he's our source. It's not just 10% is God's and 90% is ours. It's all God's. Giving is taking resources out of God's one hand and putting it in his another. The world is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Remember this. Give and it shall be given to you. Right? It's a cycle. It continues to work once you get on the cycle. And also, look within your heart. When you give, whether it's finances, like I say, it applies to so many things. When you give, look within. Why am I doing this? Because I have to? Because of habit? Is it because I have needs and I want God and I give this and God's going to take care of me because I did this? It's like a you know, I'm going to hold God responsible. Right? I have people that have had that. I, you know, that's, that's the flesh. That's the, that's the carnal mind at work. Rather, allow God to give you a change of heart. Lord, I pray that your love in me is greater than it ever has been before. And the natural result of a loving heart is you want to help. You want to give. You want to be generous. You want to do like God did. I want to give. I want to help people. Okay? Because that's a generous heart. That's, that's what God's heart's like. 
That's the motive for giving. All right? Not because you have to. It's because you get to. And when you love as he loves, you won't want to do anything else. You'll want to serve. You'll want to be a generous person. Okay? The law that we are under now, as I spoke, is the law of love. And if we try and want to be like Christ, remember that our purpose in life is to be his body. Remember? He's here by the Spirit, but you're his hands. He's here by the Spirit, but you're his feet to go where he wants to go. You're his hands and you're his mind to think his thoughts and to do his actions because he wanted many sons. Therefore, we need to give. We need to be generous. We need to recognize that sowing and reaping is the method. So I'm sowing something. Maybe it's something I re- uh, that I need to reap also. But I'm sowing it out of love because that's the system. Okay? We're the what? Action of his heart? Okay, good work. Okay, going on down here. Uh, I'm in verse 7. He has decided in his heart. That's the, the good giver. Deciding his heart to give, not reluctantly. Oh, I have to give. No, you got to get rid of that. i got to get rid of that attitude. I have to give. No, you don't have to give. You want to give. All right? He's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I'm sure you have heard enough teaching on that to know what word that word cheerful in Greek is. Hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> God loves a hilarious giver. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been around ministry for a long time, and I have to admit, I've never seen collection plate class uh, past people put their checks in and just start laughing ah, you know rolling in the aisles and maybe I never will but but maybe that's not what that means either. a hilarious giver a joyful giver I am so confident in God's ways that I can rejoice and be happy about it Lord I love to give I love to help your people I love to sacrifice my time I love it because I know that it's just a seed I'm planting, and you're going to bless back, and you're going to find out in the next verse why he's going to bless back. Let's look at it. Okay, we're, let's be joyful givers, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God's going to give you grace. God's going to give you more seed to give, so that you'll just give more and more and more. And you'll receive more and more and more to give. Isn't that a, a good lifestyle? Yeah. All right. We ought to try it. He has scattered, verse 9. He has, excuse me, as it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, who might that be? God. He's the supplier. Okay. We might be the middleman, but he's the supplier. He supplies the sower with bread, with whatever he's giving. We'll also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Okay? You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Now, I don't necessarily think that 
particularly just means, you know, God's going to make you rich in the way that American and Western civilization interprets. Sure. Doesn't mean you give, give a little more and you'll be a millionaire by next week. <laughs> there were people that actually preached that some years ago. That's not what I'm saying. Please remove that from the record. God will bless you. And it does say, you know, you will have your, ne- your needs will be met. Now, I, I learned to, to try to define spiritual Christian prosperity, meaning that you have your own needs met and an abundance out of what you get. Okay? God will meet your needs. Now, I can't tell you what that is. That's for you and God to work out. God will supply good things for you and seed for you to plant in the lives of others. And because he loved, he gave. Because I learned to love, I'm giving. And he is blessing me back with more seed, with more ammunition, with more stuff to give. Okay? You believe that? Okay. That's what scripture said. So we should. Okay. So I can be a joyful giver. If I'm not joyful, I need to have a little come to Jesus meeting. You know. Lord, my heart is not where it ought to be. <laughs> I'm feeling selfish. I'm feeling like I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta give. And then when I don't, I feel guilty. So I'm just in this vicious cycle. Right? That's normal in our path to learning to consider our ways, so that our ways will line up with His ways, and we can become a generous people, generous in every possible way. Okay. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.